everyone. Welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zaratti. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Labar. Struggle. <laughs> you laugh every time. I know. It's just like the most <laughs> awkward title. Music reporter. Yes. Aaron Labar. I'm just going to start <laughs> saying that. You guys know my job. It's fine. You do. She's a, she's a Jill of all trades. Yes. Uh, master of many, however. <laughs> um, today on the show, we kind of have a loose theme about money this keeps happening where we unintentionally <laughs> I have know, themes but uh federal budget was announced this week so we're going to talk about um one of the things that stuck out to both of us which is a quote-unquote help for millennial homebuyers <laughs> which lol <laughs> yeah lols forever um we're also going to be talking about the uh college admission scandals in the states and Lori Lachlan and Felicity Huffman and all that craziness mm-hmm. um and we're also going to discuss uh parental leap because I just did a big uh, feature on that and that also kind of relates to money and finances and making it all work first though how was your week i've had one of those weeks where i have something going on every single night of my life and yeah, i'm exhausted <laughs> <laughs> so on the weekend my uh, my in-laws are irish so we did the annual saint patrick's day Dinner and sing along. Fun. At their, their house. Uh, my father in law knows how to make a Guinness stew like nobody's business. So Ooh, I've just been yummy. eating that all week and I'm, I'm loving it. That's awesome. Yeah. And then um, I had a friend who was in town from Ottawa and it was her 30th birthday. So we went out to Anateca for that, which is like fancy, fancy. Yes. You know, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could take fancy food or leave it, but it was a delicious meal. But you had the fried chicken. I had the fried chicken, which I've been wanting to have for a long time. And it was everything I hoped for more. So that Good. was great. Good. And so then success. last night, yeah, last night I was at the RWB um, season announcement. Yeah. It's their 80th season. They're Which the is a big deal. oldest ballet company in Canada. Um, so they have a few really interesting things coming up this year. Evelyn Hart, the iconic dancer from Winnipeg, is coming back for one of the performances. And um, yeah, they have a lot of really cool stuff, including um, a costume sort of exhibit that they're gonna oh, be, that's cool. Yeah, I don't really know. Like, they haven't released too many of the details, but they're going to be putting um, some of their iconic costumes uh, in different locations in Winnipeg, mostly downtown, but just sort of spread out all over the place so people can go Very look cool. at them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, it was my birthday this week. Yeah, uh, so I'm 34 now. <laughs> uh, my husband surprised Try not me. To sound so sad. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, you know what? It's I actually have not had the weird birthday yet. Yeah. I feel like maybe this one was a little bit just because it seemed to dovetail with like many people dying, it seemed like. So yes. I think it was just a little bit like, oh my You're God. You're very aware of your own mortality. Right. <laughs> um, but my husband surprised me with an overnight at In at the Forks and a massage. And it was very nice. Oh. And we also, he didn't look at the view when he put our bags away. And then we opened the curtains and of course it was like the like... Museum for Human Rights and the Winnipeg side and the Esplanade. Like it was like the view, right? Yeah. So it was very, it was very cool. That's it cute. kind of, yeah, it kind of made me, because uh, I've never stayed in a Winnipeg hotel actually. Really? No, because we didn't do that after our wedding, which oh, is okay. what a lot of people do. Um, But it kind of made me, like, I definitely felt like I was out of town weirdly. And like, yeah, it was fun. So you just came home after your wedding? Yeah. <laughs> we took it, we took a cab home <laughs> with some of our other guests. <laughs> very unceremonious i think we were just done spending money at that point where we're like you know what (laughs) i cannot and then we opened all our cards and then we went to bed at four um but yeah it was uh it was a very nice birthday 
which should we talk about how somewhere Candace Cameron Bray is like, yes, yes. I, am, I am the queen. <laughs> I am the queen of Full House now. I am the queen of Hallmark. Yes. Um. Yeah, Lori Loughlin and that whole thing. Oh, Her daughter man. Olivia Jade getting dropped from all the sponsorship stuff yeah, that she was doing. So messy. I mean, part of me is like, wow, rich people gaming the system? Shocking. There is a bit of that, yes. However... This is big. It's big. Yeah. With far reaching implications. Yeah. Um, and kind of getting people thinking about like the college industrial complex, I would call it in general. And like, yeah. it's expensive. Uh, hi. Yeah. I yeah. have a master's degree from New York University. I can tell you how expensive it is. It's expensive. I will be paying it off until I'm dead. Yes. Like, no, not literally. Not, like no. I'll be done in five years, but still it's taken me, it'll take me probably 10 years to pay it off. Yeah. Like, that is not a small like thing. Like, tens of thousands of dollars. What I found the most... For three semesters. For three semesters. I wasn't even there for a four-year oh degree. God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't have a degree at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> I uh, did a two-year diploma program, and I paid that off, like, the day I finished. Right. Uh, but, But yeah. that's the thing. Like, yeah. you don't need these stupid things. Like... I went because I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no well I went because I wanted the experience of doing of and it was a specified program so totally. I had like a specific reason for going yeah there and doing that stupid thing and paying for that degree <laughs> that is now mounted on my wall with its own light because everyone needs to see it <laughs> as it should be yes <laughs> but like that's why this whole I'm thing I'm surprised you don't just wear it around your neck like a sandwich board because I would I I'd be like look <laughs> yeah sometimes I feel like I need to but <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing like degrees at this point in time don't really mean that much because almost everybody has one you know like it's not as uncommon to go through a post-secondary education as it was maybe even 20 years ago right and I feel like if you're rich enough to be able to afford an unpaid internship yeah well that's the thing these don't people have money like they can just pay the tuition and I know it was like about actually getting into the school in the first sure. place but she already had a career she already had yeah like money coming in as a quote-unquote influencer, yeah, YouTube Olivia star Jade or whatever. had money. Yeah. And had said, I don't care about school, <laughs> many <laughs> times that she, uh, yeah, is not into school. So I think this is the classic case of, like, parents assuming they know best. Yes. When that is not always the case. And I think there is, and I think we are part of that generation where parents, you know, you always want your kids to do better than you did. Mm -hmm. And I think it still is sort of the, you have to go to post-secondary education. Mm -hmm. Like you just, you have to. I think now that we're realizing that it's not necessarily a ticket to gainful employment. Right. Like, and that not every type of employment requires a degree. That's why it should be free. And like, I realize it makes me sound like a super lefty hippie. <laughs> but like, yeah. But uh, yeah. the purpose of university, if not to get a job, which it's not, it should just be for expanding your knowledge. Mm -hmm. That should be free to people to do, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yes. It has become such a business. Oh my gosh. That I think it's lost sight of the fact that it's lost sight of what it's meant to do. Right. Which is to educate people. Right. You know, like that is what in an ideal world a university exists to do. And now I feel like it's, that's why that saying C's equal degrees, like you don't even have to do well. Yeah. No one has once ever asked me what grade I got in a course. No. Like I mm -hmm. was on the dean's list at Red River College. Like I did very well in my second year, but like, 
all that matters is that I successfully completed the diploma. Mm -hmm. So like also what kind of message does that send? You know what I mean? Like as long as you have enough money, you can potentially walk away with a piece of paper that is a ticket to a better life. At least it used to be Mm -hmm. now. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. true. Yeah. Also, can we just talk about a minor sidebar? How Felicity Huffman is being dragged through the dirt. I know. And not one word about her husband, William H. Macy, who was involved complicitly Uh, with this. Yes. I know. Like, where is William H. at? I don't understand why they're just like harping on these moms. Like, Bill, dude, surely you knew what was up. Well, no, there there was a part of the story where he and Felicity were both having a meeting with somebody and he was there when they made the sort of like financial agreement. So I'm like, well, why is he not getting all the the pushback? I also don't understand. Maybe her name was on the the check. Yeah, maybe. Um, I also Mm -hmm. don't really understand. I kind of understand this argument where people are like, oh, Olivia Jade should just be like left alone. It's not her fault. It's her mom's job. Oh, no, she Mm. knew. You posed for photos pretending to be part of a crew team. <laughs> like like you, you you were an adult. You know. Is that right? A crew team? Yeah. Crew, like rowing crew. Rowing crew. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know if it was a team or a team sport. It is a team sport. Yes. Sports. I don't think you can row crew by yourself. <laughs> Probably not. Not successfully. <laughs> not, not very well. Maybe very slowly. Maybe if you're Olivia Jane. <laughs> but yeah, no, my partner was saying like, oh, you know, the blame should be put on the parents and the kids should just be like, but at the, yes, I agree. Blame put on the parents for sure. But they're adults. They have yeah. minds of their own. If she is, an adult. If she's smart enough to build her own brand and have sponsors paying her to travel, she's smart enough to know right, right and wrong. Yeah. If we were talking about parents gaming the system to get their kids into a super fancy preschool, fine. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, this is... And like if you have someone taking the SATs for you, I think something should click being like, hey, am I not supposed to do this test? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, well, like, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. And I also think there's this added layer of surprise. I I, I think it's interesting, too, that I've seen way more written about Lori Loughlin yes. than Felicity. Yeah. And I think it's because people are just shocked. Yeah. Because, because she's, she's the Hallmark. Be- yeah, she's, yeah. She's Aunt Becky. She's on, was that show When the Heart Calls? I'm, that sure, I'm t- sure that's a show. I don't know. My partner <laughs> likes to watch it sometimes. It was like this period piece that, or period whatever series not that's what i was looking for series Series. um i think they aired on cbc it's also on netflix but it is produced by hallmark and they cut her yeah that well there was something like one bajillion things in production starring her so yeah yeah like whoop and then there was there this individual woman who sued her for like 500 billion dollars or something like that (laughs) and i was like what an like extraordinary amount of money to sue somebody for as you can tell we are these are actual facts and figures (laughs) no 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 it was it was 500 billion dollars 500 billion yeah i thought you were joking no no that was the that's why (laughs) no that's why i thought it was like ridiculous because a she would never be able to pay that b no court in the universe would take that seriously well because it doesn't sound real it sounds like 1000 bajillion kajillions please (laughs) like 11 billion dollars (laughs) yeah no it was it was something legitimately in the hundreds of billions i believe it was 500 billion see that's shooting too high (laughs) yeah a little bit like i appreciate the moxie there but that's (laughs) shooting too high um moving on yeah because yeah that is that is something that will unfold for a really long time oh yes and has lots of do you think they're gonna go to jail i don't know you think they're gonna i don't know i kind of think that they're gonna be made a example of made an example of it might be like a martha stewart situation yeah she was totally. made an example of. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think this will have far-reaching implications for a really long time. Well, like the class action lawsuit too. Yeah, like yeah. it brings in so many elements of like class and 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 I think it's also worth noting on a serious note too that black moms have literally gone to jail for pretending that they live in a different postal code. Yeah. So that puts it into perspective, right? For sure. If people are going to prison for lying about where they live to try to better their kid's life, and mm-hmm. then you have really wealthy people who are doing committing this. fraud. That's, <laughs> yes. That's not okay. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the budget. Yeah. Federal budget mm-hmm. unrolled this week in Canada. And all of its vague- vagueness. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, Cool. Um, the one thing that really stuck out to me from this budget is uh, they're trying to help millennials buy homes because millennials aren't buying homes because uh, they can't because they can't afford to. Can't afford to. Um, and we're tanking the economy. Yeah. So <laughs> basically <laughs> because we have no money. So they have increased the amount a first time home buyer can withdraw from their RRSP without penalty. So it used to be $25,000. Now it's $35,000. So you can withdraw $35,000 from your RSP. Aaron, do you have $35,000 in your <laughs> RSP? I absolutely do not. I do not have that money. I am four years older than you. Yes. I have close to that, but I do not have that. I yes. maybe have like 31. Yeah. But I also got laid off. And when they paid out my pension, I had to put it in an RSP. Right. That is the only reason that I have that much money. I feel like these, this is the kind of policy that would have benefited to them actually talking to some millennials right? <laughs> to ask what would be the most helpful thing to do. Because the answer would have been, what's an RRSP? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> what is extra income? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's so... It's really frustrating that the way... They, they think that the way to help us as a generation is by uh increasing the amount of debt that we can accrue <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i don't know like, i don't know about that it just i mean certainly if you can do it it will help you buy a better house in a better neighborhood because you will have more to play with in terms of your down payment. But the fact is people don't have it. <laughs> like I think that only benefits a very small amount of people. Mm-hmm. And it also depends on what market you're buying. Oh, for sure. In Winnipeg, maybe. But if you're trying to buy a home in Toronto, I don't think that's even a realistic goal anymore with the way Not the housing a home. bubble is. Maybe an apartment. Maybe. maybe. But even then, like there are some literal rat holes in basements that are like $2,000 a month yeah. in rent. So I just maybe fix that problem. (laughs) I just get frustrated when it's this constant sort of narrative of why aren't you buying diamonds? Why aren't you buying houses? Yeah. You're spending too much money on avocado toast. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't have money because you guys did this. Well, you guys made it impossible to live life the way that it was 20, 30 years ago. Well, and it's really interesting because I think you're right. And I think part of it is adjusting priorities. So I think for a lot of millennials, like things like diamonds are not a priority anymore. Uh, no, definitely not. But your home, I don't think home ownership should be something that's reserved for very few people. That's where you live. And like having a safe place to live is such a fundamental human right 
that is being denied. And I'm not talking about people who like want to own a fancy home in the suburbs. Like that's another thing. The fact that people aren't able to just like have like, you know, a basic four walls around them Mm -hmm. because they can't afford to. Right. That is a problem. Yes. And it's also going to create problems with other decision making, such as whether or not to have kids. Yeah, exactly. You know, or how many kids or, you know, all of those kinds of things. Like, well, it affects any other sort of economic purchase. If you're going to buy a car. Yeah. If you're going to in all of that money that we don't have is money that's not going back into the economy, which exactly. is what is causing the problem in the first place. Exactly. And it's all well and good to be like, well, like if you can't afford a house, then you can't have it too bad for you. And the whole like bootstrapping thing yeah. that people are so fond of. But the problem is, is that there's not the equivalent number of rental properties yeah springing up in their place yeah my partner and I um we've been talking a lot about this because you're a renter I'm a renter but we are in a one-bedroom apartment with two adults and two cats so like space is tight and we have one closet yeah so I've had to like get rid of half my things to make room for his things which is fine I'm happy to do that but like we're tight on space. Yeah. So we just si- re-signed our lease for one more year because we have the wedding and all this other stuff coming up. I just don't feel comfortable making any sort of other large financial investment Fair. during this time. Fair. Um, which I think is a very reasonable thing. Um, but we've been looking at buying, but recently we've been talking about renting a house. Yeah. Because when you buy a house, there's a lot of other, not well, unexpected for some people. I know to expect them, but yeah. like extra costs that you don't associate that go beyond the down payment, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, your land ta- transfer, transfer tax, tax yep. and all this other crap that's like thousands and thousands of dollars. And then just the cost. So I have maintenance. Yeah, I am a millennial homeowner. Um, and I bought my house when I was 27. Uh, it is not... Like, I love my house. It's a nice house, but it's not like it's a super fancy house. We were on a budget. Like, mm-hmm. we were not looking to spend anything higher than $250,000. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, that was a challenge. Like, we looked at, I yeah. think, 54 houses before we... Oh, my God. And bid on three. So, this was the third house yeah. that we ended up getting. Yeah. And I think we only got it because we were the only bid because it was over a long weekend. And we met the guy who was selling it and he liked us in the end. Yeah. Uh, it was such a horrible process because it <laughs> you have to like a house enough to want to live there, but you also recognize that you're going to be outbid to the tune of $50,000 right. sometimes, Yeah, which is what we were outbid on one house in Crescentwood. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because they were priced at a false price to in encourage order to, bidding. Yeah. yeah. Like not a fi- false price like fraud, but just like lowballing to encourage yeah. multiple offers. Yeah. Because that was in 2012 when the market was still a little bit like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Now I think it's a little bit different, but it is frustrating. It is. When you're working with what I feel is a normal budget for a first home. Mm-hmm. And now I, I don't know if you can get a first home for that. Like I, I I don't know. And, uh, you know, we were looking again at looking at renting houses and even that is incredibly expensive um, for the areas that make the most sense for us in terms of where our jobs are located and whatever. But so we don't long story short, we don't know what our plan is going forward. But I feel like buying will not be something we're able to do for at least another few years. Yeah. And I think that is true for many people in our cohort Mm -hmm. and then the people coming up. Yep. You know, so I don't like. Okay, so you can have more penalty-free. Also, withdrawing from your RRSP means that you're not going to have that money later. That's the thing. It's a registered retirement savings plan. It is not... I have no desire to tap into that. 
No. None whatsoever. No. So there's also that to think about too. And I think there's just a lot of mystery around finances for millennials because we're not really, I never learned this in school. Mm-hmm. Like it, maybe we should get it like a, a financial planner to come on, but one that like specifically deals with millennial clients. Yeah. Because I think there's a if lot of- If that is something that you would be interested in, send yes, us an email and get we'll at work us. on it. Because that is something that I think is very mysterious to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Gail Vaz Oxlade, yeah. come on the show. Um, <laughs> budgets also yes. are a big thing when you're planning to have a kid. Yes. Uh, so we live in a country where you can have pr- take parental leave. And now you can take a little bit of extra parental leave as of this week. So if you opt for the 12-month option standard, you get, I think, five extra weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I literally just wrote about this. I should have my numbers better. Uh, and then the 18-month extended leave that was unveiled in December 2017, you get eight extra weeks mm. on top of that. As long as you qualify for EI mm-hmm. and you split the time with between the other parents. Yeah. Okay. So this was tabled in the 2018 federal budget. It was rolled out this week like a few months sooner than expected because like 32,000 Canadians took advantage of the extended leave when it came out in 2017. Holy. So this is all kind of a bid to improve uh, gender equity when it comes to raising kids because overwhelmingly that's moms. They're the ones who stay home. We kind of culturally understand that Mm -hmm. it's all mat leave. Right. Mat leave actually only refers to the 15 weeks after you give birth. The rest is parental leave. Right. And parental leave is not just for moms. Parental leave can be shared. So I did a story where I interviewed a bunch of dads who have taken parental leave because that's who they're kind of trying to attract with this Mm -hmm. incentive. Um, And it was really interesting, not just how they're kind of they're really flipping gender roles in their homes which is really cool to see and kind of developing new appreciation for moms and motherhood in general and mm-hmm. um you know reevaluating their priorities in terms of work and family and kind of allowing their wives to have better work-life balance and all those kinds of things but the budgeting because extra time is great if you can afford to take it yeah so yeah. you have to qualify for employment insurance your company doesn't necessarily top you up so you might be making, you might be taking a substantial pay cut to, to have a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you might be taking a pay cut to take a leave. You might be like, you have to really budget. Nobody talks about that. I feel like yeah. nobody talks about that. Like, yeah. because money is, we don't talk about money. I we mean, we talk about money. We but, talk about money. But like, I, you know, I think it would be better if we all were more open about that. And like transparency. Yeah. How you get it, where it comes from, like who pays what to whom. And yeah, yeah. I think it just helps demystify it a little. Well, it also helps people who are currently making the decision to expand their family or whatever else. Yeah. Make an educated decision based on fact and not on like anecdotal whatever. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Because it is different. And like just, yeah, knowing your policies at work and knowing like how you can split a leave. So the parents I talked to, most of them split it um, not quite equally. Some of uh, the moms were eager to return to work sooner. So one returned after four months, Mm -hmm. uh, one returned after 10. And then dad comes in and takes his part of the leave. Um, and like the benefits to everybody are just so mm-hmm. clear. Like dad gets to bond with his kid in a way that he might not have. Mom gets to return to the workforce sooner without being penalized in terms of, you know, promotions and all that kind of stuff. Cause 
And also not having to pay for childcare. Yeah. Like the mommy track is real. So the longer you take yeah. time off for kids, the less money you will make. Like if you, there, we talk about the wage gap and we have talked about the wage gap on the show before, but the wage gap that exists between moms and their child-free counterparts, so all women, so it's mm-hmm. not a gender wage gap, it's women, is also quite large. Yeah. Because you miss out on high earning years typically when you choose to have a kid you're mid-career yeah uh or you're just starting out like there's a whole bunch of factors and then like with mat leave or parental leave if you're self-employed that's a whole other thing because you're not necessarily paying into yeah yeah so there's a whole bunch of things that basically talk about your budget have a budget do your budget do your budget and if you are planning on taking advantage of any of these kinds of leaves, talk to people in the government, talk to your bosses, talk to your union representatives, make sure you know exactly what you're doing before you make those decisions and advocate for yourself. Yes. So another thing that I didn't have time to get into with my story um, is because it's kind of culturally understood that you take a year as a mob, excuse me. um, People aren't necessarily equipped to have moms returning to work earlier. So like, pumping rooms you are entitled to that so if you are going back to work early and you're still needing to pump breast milk because your baby has not weaned yet because your baby is still a baby eight months old that is your human right so i think there's going to be a lot of workplace changes pumping rooms for all pumping rooms for all basically it's great (laughs) we can give extra weeks but unless other things are adjusted yeah change including attitudes towards dads taking time off including you know having infrastructure in place all those things that's also what needs to change too Uh, we're going to finish this week again with reading, watching, listening, because because last week I forgot to do my bachelor recap. You did. So do you want me to start with that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I watched the season of The Bachelor. And as I say at the end of every season, I grossly it's, it's, regret it. It's over. It's right? done. It okay. finished last week. This was probably the most ridiculous television that I have ever witnessed. Oh, man. And I watch a lot of really stupid stuff. So like, <laughs> you know that this is legit. So this Bachelor, Colton, he was a former football player quote-unquote the virgin bachelor right oh yeah so this is ludicrous right you ready for this virginity is a construct (laughs) well you know (laughs) i won't even i'm not even gonna touch that i'm just gonna let it let it go for their marketing purposes (laughs) so we're down to the last three ladies Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're in uh portugal Okay, so <laughs> is is that a common thing that they go on like crazy? Yeah, they go on trips okay. all throughout the show. So this is like sort of the la- this is the last leg of the journey. Okay, he's got three lovely women <laughs> vying for his affection and eventual engagement ring and flower ostensibly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's why the, the fa- literal and metaphorical. Yeah, I'm sure that joke was it, made many times. No, it wasn't because it's That's American shocking. television. Yeah. But okay, I have <laughs> many things to say. I'm sorry. This is gonna be like ten minutes, but. Um, so it's fantasy suite time, which is when they are allowed to spend the night together in a suite as opposed to sleeping separately as they have for the other parts of the season. But he goes on this day with the first girl. Everything's great. They go on the fantasy suite. They do not get intimate as they say in American television. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so then he goes on the date with the second girl and her name is Cassie. 
And she has been like waffly waffle meister the entire time. <laughs> like, I don't know if I should be here. I don't know if I'm in love with him. And all these other girls are like, why did you break up with me? I love it. And they're like freaking out. And she, he keeps sticking with this one girl, the only girl who's like super unsure of her. But she also seems normal to me because of course you're not in love with him. You're on a right. reality TV show. Right. I don't fault her for any of this. No. This is all fault on him. So be prepared for this okay. rampage that's about to happen. Buckling up. So they go to they go have a lovely date and they're at the dinner table and he's telling her that he is in love with her and she's like, you know, I have to be honest with you. Like I'm really not sure. Like I don't think I can get there with you. Like I just don't think this is gonna happen and this is like never happened in the final three for the girl to like that's crazy yeah so he's like shutting down like he's like catatonic but he's like but i love you and like i don't understand and like if you need time i'll give you all the time you need like we don't have to get engaged and he's like trying to like throw out all these these what ifs and whatevers and she's like you know i really like i feel like I can't be like, I need to go. Whoa. And so they, she walks off and he follows her, of course, and they have a talk. And the whole time he's trying to convince her and like very pathetically, like beg her to stay because he's in love with her. And he, he can only see them together at the end. Like he wants it to be her. They never, ever reveal like who they're leaning toward because it's like this big finale thing. Right. And they're choosing between the last two. But he said to her, he's like, I want, I would, I want it to be you at the end. And he hasn't even had his third date yet. Whoa. With this other girl. Oh, poor number three. <laughs> I know. I know. So she's like, everyone's crying and she leaves. And then he, the like infamous video of the season is, of, is him jumping over an eight foot fence because he, yeah, it's like a gated resort. And so this whole thing happens. He's like really upset. He goes up to his room, grabs his phone and then literally walks up to this gate and just one and over. Like, cause he's an athlete, right? But like it's eight the, feet. Like from the ground? From the ground. Yeah. He like reaches up and like pulls himself over in like one. F- it was very graceful. I will give him that. And the whole crew was like, ah, it's the middle of the night in, in rural Portugal. Whoa. And he takes off into this town and they're like, couldn't find him. And they finally catch up with him. And he's like, I don't want to do this. Blah, blah, blah. This is so stupid. It's this whole thing. And then instead of like accepting the fact that this woman has said no to him meanwhile he's crying and he's saying whenever i put myself out there i always get rejected i'm like okay perfectly chiseled young white man like (laughs) get out of here like you'll bounce back (laughs) sorry you're a little upset but you'll be fine and then so so then the show that episode is over right of course and then my favorite part was like they show a preview of the next episode of him like walking into this hotel and they're like will he reunite with cassie or will he be a virgin forever (laughs) i like how those are the options (laughs) the only two (laughs) options and i'm just like losing it so then instead of just acknowledging that she has expressed her feelings that she does not really feel like it's the right choice Mm -hmm. for her to be with him he continues to go find her in the hotel room and like pressure her into like trying again and then he's like, oh, by the way, my family's in Spain waiting for us and they want to meet you. So then she has to fly to Spain with him after they've had this very like tumultuous thing. What? Meet his entire family. Why? Because this is the stupidity of The Bachelor. But she doesn't want to be with him. Yeah. But then she decides that she does want to be with him after he pressures her oh, and God. like stalks her. So then they do end up together and apparently they are together right now. But it was like... I was just appalled at the way that he responded to that. What happened to the third date? He just like didn't. I think he went to talk to her. Like he went and talked to the first girl and told her what happened and was like honest. And he's yeah. he, and then he went to the third girl and was like, sorry, we don't get a date. And she's like, I'm really confused. <laughs> like Rude. She's like, I thought we had a, such a good connection. And she was she was not happy. Well, yeah. 
But I just like, I'm like, (laughs) how is this an appropriate response when someone like articulately tells you that they are not in love with you and they don't know that they can get there? The response should be, I understand and I respect your feelings, not I'm going to come to your hotel room and like force you to love me. That is some (laughs) Pepe Le Pew action. Right? Like... I'm oh. just going to wear you down until you're too and tired. And so, so many people were like, oh, I'm so happy they got together. I'm like, you're dumb. Like, <laughs> you don't know what real relationships are if you think this is normal. Oh, God. And I mean, there's still a chance that he's a virgin forever. That was my favorite part. I don't know their it's life. like either he's going to be with Cassie or he's going to be a virgin <laughs> forever. Well, so Godspeed. good luck. <laughs> good luck, Colton and Cassie. Oh, I'm sure you'll goodness. get your reality TV spinoff deflowering colton that's what it will be called <laughs> uh <laughs> that's my 10 minute bachelor <laughs> recap i will never watch the show again mark my words that was very good thank you um i watched people getting intimate a lot in the netflix movie the dirt which comes out today i don't know why the phrase getting intimate just makes me want to barf it's so gross (laughs) especially since by getting intimate i definitely mean jackhammering groupies in a bathroom um so the, the dirt is of course the infamous motley Crue biography that came out some years ago now i feel like it quite came a few out, years yeah ago, i feel yeah. like it came out in the early 2000s it is one of the most raunchy books i've ever i've never read it on. but i'm gonna i'm gonna do it it actually is quite interesting in terms of storytelling mm-hmm. which is why it's good as a music writer to read was it written by a biographer yes with with the guys okay so it really does a good job at bringing in four perspectives okay uh the film less so they seem very <laughs> confused about like they're trying to like switch off narration and stuff but it like really hard switches between present and past and like it's just very confusing uh it's very well cast it's entertaining in the way the book is entertaining by which i mean oh my god i can't believe i'm reading this this is gross but i can't look <laughs> away uh a few of the most disgusting parts of the dirt are not in the film and if you don't know what i'm talking about you can google telephone receiver and groupie and there oh, you go god. uh yeah it just for me it was like why especially with everything going on and the climate today and me too and the rest of it it's like why are we having a <clears throat> why are we wasting our time about with this? Motley Crue in 2019. Like, do we need this? I don't think we need this. Like, their treatment of women is appalling. Well, like, I think shocker. They, <laughs> I think they did an okay job at kind of explaining some of the trauma these four guys have dealt with. Mm-hmm. And also, I hate that this movie makes you kind of fond of Tommy Lee, but I think it's because <laughs> I think it's only because I like the actor. It's that yeah. cute guy from Roadies. Oh, okay. And he's very like just seems like a very gregarious goony guy who's like well adjusted and likes his parents like when there's a scene where he meets Nikki Six in a diner and mm-hmm. Nikki Six of course orders like Jack Daniels and he's like blueberry pancakes <laughs> like, <laughs> so I'm like I hate that you're endearing me to this human being yeah but they did go through a lot together and you can tell that, like there is sort of like that band story there but you just you can't look over the the other stuff. The grossness. No. And and I mean, I think you can't expect too much from a Netflix biopic either. Like, a Motley Crue biopic is not where I go to see loving portrayals of women. <laughs> no, that's um, fair. That is fair. You but, can go to The Bachelor for that. Exactly. But I do think that um, 
it, and it would have been revisionist, I think, to suddenly like cast them as like particularly self-aware or remorseful or whatever. But I do think that comes, and I think where we see society's progress comes from how the viewer feels about it. Right. So whether you look at these scenes and think, wow, that looks cool. Or whether you're like, wow, this is really sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was in the latter camp. Like it looks sad. sad. And also like they were maybe bad at sex. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's worth a watch in terms if you like, you know, I mean, it's right there in the title. It's the dirt, right? It's kind of the unvarnished mm-hmm. rock and roll lifestyle. But in 2019, do we need it? I don't know. I'll be watching the rest of Queer Eye season three instead. <laughs> yes, I have to start. I've cried at every episode. No joke. Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> that is the salve. We- that is the show we need in 2019. Yes, that's right. Uh, what are you working on? Um, what am I working on? <laughs> that is a good question. Oh, next week the Bros Landreth are doing a collaboration with the RWB called the Ballet and the Band. Cool. So a choreographer, uh, the the band gave him all the new tracks from their upcoming album. Uh, and he created this like really touching narrative about uh, a couple and where one of the, the men is going through an addiction issue. And then there's a best friend character who is deaf. So they've incorporated all this really amazing ASL choreography. And it's going to be an ASL interpreter. So it's going to be a really, really cool show. And I'm, I'm excited to write about that. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm writing about Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who I've seen in concert once, which I will maybe get into yeah, you in, should. This, uh, in this thing. Yeah. Um, you can find everything that we've written at winnipegfreepress.com. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen Zaratti on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Nyrabble on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, you can email us at burythelead at winnipegfreepress.com. And we will see you next week. Thank you.